All right, uh, Pastor, I think I have uh, a conclusion to our dilemma as we age. I think the older we get, the slower we become, so that it seems like the faster it gets. Okay, the reality is it doesn't get any faster, uh, but it sure does seem that way, doesn't it? All right, uh, at, the, at the AGM, uh, I made mention that we had gotten some copies of the Gospel of John and Romans, uh, 3,000 copies that we're going to uh, not pass out by, by letterbox, but we're going to actually confront people and hand them a copy of this as a gift from our church there in Mount Beauty. And uh, <clears throat> so what I had mentioned is that I'm, I was going to develop a way of presenting the gospel through the gospel of John, uh, and the, uh, the title, title of tonight's message is Life in John. And uh, <clears throat> I introduced this at the AGM by saying that what I was going to do to introduce it to people is to say, do you have life assurance? And so that's what I'm going to preach tonight. And uh, <clears throat> let me just say that there are 44 times that we find the word life in the Gospel of John. And they're found in 38 verses. And no, we're not going to cover all of those tonight. Uh, but we are going to cover a majority of them. We're going to cover 30 of those times that are found in 27 verses in this gospel. And uh, one thing that I am going to do uh, is I am going to approach this not as a theological scholar, but as someone introducing the gospel to someone on the street, which has no idea uh, about the Bible. And, uh, and so <clears throat> I'm not going to say chapter and verse tonight. Okay, if you'll allow me to do that, uh, because life assurance is actually a policy of eternal life. And so as any other policy, uh, they don't introduce it as chapter and verse. Okay, uh, usually what they do uh, is perhaps say uh, an article and then maybe a statement. And so that's the way I'm going to introduce these uh, as we go down through them. So... Uh, hopefully, uh, I won't get mixed up and go back to the chapter verse because I'm so used to doing that. Uh, but um, <clears throat> uh, it's it's interesting uh, how we how we find those things, and so that's the way we're going to approach it tonight. All right, here we go. G'day. Uh, we're just wondering if you have life assurance. Uh, no, we're not talking about life insurance. Uh, because life insurance doesn't benefit you at all. In fact, it only benefits someone after you die. But life assurance is different because it actually benefits you now and forever. Would you like to know more? And then we go into, um, <clears throat> and I'm going to say some things that you're going, what? Okay, so here we go. Uh, our founder claims to be the giver of life. Uh, in Article 20 and Statement 31, he says, These things written that ye might believe 
on Je- uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Uh, he, in another place in, in the uh, policy manual, in, uh, in Article 10 and Statement 10, he says that a thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so the claim being made by the founder is that he can provide life, in fact, such life that it is an abundant life. And so he gives us some instructions in the policy manual. And we find, first of all, in Article 5 and Statement 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, speaking of the founder of this policy. And then he says something interesting in the next statement. He says, and ye will not come that ye might have life. I hope today that you are not like that. That you will not refuse the founder's claim of giving you life. In Article 6 and Statement 63, uh, he states, It is a spirit that quickeneth or maketh alive, and the flesh profiteth nothing. Uh, The flesh referring to our human efforts. Uh, We can't do anything about it. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so we find in the instructions of this policy manual that these words bring life if they're heeded. Unfortunately, he reminds most people that they will reject it. For he says in the next statement, but there are some of you that believe not. How sad to have this offer of such a life policy and to turn it down. And in fact, in statement 66, he says, from that time, many of them went back. They departed from him. They didn't want anything to do with him. They walked no more with him. And so he turned to them and he said, will you also go away? He's asking you today, will you also go away? Or will you stay and hear what he has to say? And it's interesting, one of them that were standing there said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. You see, the claim is and the instructions are that there's only one way to have life. And it's offered by the founder of this policy. You say, but I don't understand all the instructions. And that's fair enough. None of us do. And so therefore, he's told us that he will give enlightenment to the instructions so that we understand them. In fact, in Article 8 and Statement 12, he says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
And so he promises that he will give understanding to those that are interested. Uh, again, in Article 1, in Statement 4, we find, In him, speaking of the founder, Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And so he's the one who's going to share with us and give us uh, that understanding of the policy. And so that brings me to a question. Other than breath and blood, what are the two things that are necessary for life? What are the two things that will sustain life other than breathing air and blood? Water and bread. That's exactly right. So in Article 4 and Statement 14, he says, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Wow. Want some of that water, don't you? But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He gives the kind of water, not speaking of physical water, but of spiritual water, he gives water that will give you everlasting life. And then he says in Article 6 and Statement 33, The bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. In Statement 35, he says, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. I get hungry all the time, don't you? Wouldn't it be nice not to be hungry? Well, he's obviously not speaking of physical there either. He's speaking of a spiritual hunger and uh, that he satisfies that hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And so we come, we'll never hunger. We believe, we'll never thirst. And again, in statement 48, he says, I am the bread of life. In statement 51, he goes on and says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him, uh, will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So he promises to us, the founder, that he will give us that water where we'll never thirst again, that bread where we'll never get hungry again. And the totality of that is that he satisfies. There are a lot of things in this uh, world that promise satisfaction, and they may give some temporary satisfaction, but at the end of the day, they all fail. But our founder says he's not going to fail. He promises that he will give that eternal life. So what's the plan? What's the plan of attack? Well, in Article uh, 17 and verse, uh, and in Statement 3, uh, he says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And so the plan is so that you get to know the founder. That's the plan. 
And he gives an analogy for us uh, of a shepherd and sheep. And it's found for us in Article 10. And in statement number 9, he says, I am the door. Now, we have to understand a little bit about the shepherd and the sheep uh, a couple thousand years ago. It's a little different today. We don't have shepherds today, so to speak. But the shepherd would gather the sheep together and he would place them in an enclosed area for protection at night. And there was only one opening in that sheepfold. And the founder says that I am the door. The shepherd would lie in front of the door, the only way in, so that he could protect the, those sheep. And he says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Shall go in and out, find pasture. And then he says in uh, statement 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. In statement 15, the last part of the statement anyways, says, I lay down my life for the sheep. And in 17, he says, I lay down my life that I might take it again. So what does all that mean? Well, the plan is, <clears throat> is that the founder would sacrifice his own life so that you could have life. That's the plan. In fact, in, in Article 15 and Statement 13, it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. So for him, the founder, Jesus, to, to be a friend, to show his love, to demonstrate uh, his love for you, laid down his own life so that you might have life. So, that's the plan. But how do I get there? How do I get there? What's the means by which I can receive this life? Well, in Article 14 and Statement 6, the founder says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What that means is that no man can have eternal life except through the life giver, the founder, Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There is no other truth. There is no other life. In Article 11 and Statement 25, he's talking to a woman there. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so he died. He, he sacrificed his own life for every one of us. But then he rose from the dead. Victorious over death. And no one can promise life who's still dead. He has to be alive. And he, he did. He rose from the dead. He's the resurrection and the life. And that believing in him, 
we can have life. In Article 6, in, verse, uh, in uh, Statement 40, we read, This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up in the last day. So the promise there is that everyone who believes in the founder, Jesus, and what he's done, the sacrifice he's made of his own life in our place can have everlasting life. In Article 3 and Statement 15 and 16, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In Articles 5 and Statement 24, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, or of a truth, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, but is past, from death unto life. Article 6 and Statement 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. That sounds pretty sure. Sounds like a pretty bold statement. And it's true. And then in Article 1, and statement 12, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God or to have life, even to them that believe on his name. And so the means by which we can possess this policy is by believing. Believing that it's available, believing that it's finished, it's done, Signed, sealed, and delivered by believing, simply believing in Him, you can have eternal life. And so, you have a choice. You have a choice right now. Will you believe or will you walk away? It's your choice. Nobody can make that choice for you. And you have to make it this side of death. Article 3 and Statement 36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So the choice, belief, Eternal life, unbelief, no life. That's the choice you have to make. Article 6 and Statement 63. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. There were those who made that choice in a positive way. They said, we believe, and they gained eternal life. 
Article 10 and Statement 28 then says, I give unto them eternal life. Who does he give eternal life to? Those that believe. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Friend, tonight, you've heard the policy given by the founder of the policy. In fact, he's the founder and the finisher both. Uh, <clears throat> you've heard that tonight, his claim. You've heard what he's done for you. You have a choice to make tonight. What will that choice be? Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. We thank you for giving us the gospel so clearly planned out in your word. And tonight we have taken several verses in your word in one of the books of your word. And we have shown how simple and easy it is to obtain life. I pray that tonight, if there's anyone here who does not have life, that they would not leave this place without believing in Jesus, the founder of life eternal, that they might turn their life over to him in simple faith and trust him for what he's already done for them that they might be spared the condemnation of eternal damnation in the lake of fire. May you move in Jesus' name. Amen.